All right, Jim. Unmike. Let's see if we can uh, hear you. Hello? Jim. Hello? Oh, you sound great, Jim. Oh, we're fired up, ready to go. I'm we're going to get started phone. tonight. All righty, we're going to start tonight right on the 7.56 mark. We have a lot to talk about. I'm going to mute you up. Here we go. All right. All right. Dr. Kemp, we have Jim with us. Can I hear you? All right. Hi, Dr. Burns. All righty. We are back tonight, full force, and we're ready to go. We're going to have a great show. All right, Dr. Kemp, I'm going to mute you. And remember, right. when you're not talking, mute, and then unmute to talk, everybody. Okay? All right. All right. Sounds good.
10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Good evening, and welcome to another evening of Dr. Cliff Burton Friends, featuring the absolute very best in all the women's sports and HBCU athletics. Tonight, we're starting a little early, and I want to let my co-host say hello. So I'm going to let Dr. Kemp unmike, tell everybody hello on July 18th. Good hello, evening. hello. It's good to be back. Dr. Kemp, Dr. Kemp, Dr. Kemp. Say hello. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome. Thanks for joining in. All right. And Jim is back with us tonight. Jim, tell everybody hello. Hello, hello. It's good to be back. All righty. It's good to have you back live with us tonight. Listen, we want to start right out tonight with some, we'll start a little early, some great people. And we do it from time to time. Uh, in these times that we live, and I want to comment on this, Jim and Marlon, we want to say thank you to the Reverend Jesse Jackson. His uh, Rainbow Coalition, Operation Push, uh, which has been in operation over 50 years, he founded as a civil rights organization. He will be stepping down this weekend coming as the leader CEO, owner, and he'll always be the founder. And he's handed over the reins at 82. Jesse Jackson marched with Dr. King. Jesse Jackson has mentored Reverend Al, who has an organization of his own. But for what he's meant and has continued to do for us as a people, I just want you to give your thoughts. We want to say again, as we recognize Reverend Jesse Jackson, who will be stepping down as the leader of Operation Push this weekend. Marlo, I'll let you go first. And Jim, Jesse Jackson. Um, yes, this is monumental. You, you know, like you said, we just want to thank uh, Reverend Jackson because he has definitely done a whole lot for our communities with a S. Um, you know, just everything that he has done since the civil rights movement, um, along with Dr. King and everyone else, just, you know, continue to educate those coming behind him to show them how to fight uh, for civil rights um, and the things that we need out of our community, especially growing up in Chicago, Dr. Uh, Reverend Jackson was definitely um, a force to be reckoned with and just always, you know, just doing everything that he could to help the community, of course, not just there, but worldwide. And, <clears throat> you know, we used to joke and say, if there's a camera, there's Jesse. But, you know, he, he definitely demanded and got a lot of respect just for the work that he has done and, mm -hmm. and still doing. So I'm glad that he's able to pass down 
the lead, his leadership to those that's coming behind him, you know, while he is still alive and everybody is giving him his flowers, you know, now instead of waiting, you know, until he sure. passed on to the other side. So thank you for definitely sharing this information. Sure. Jim, Jesse Jackson. What? Jesse did a lot. I mean, you know, he ran for president in 84 to pave the way for Barack Obama in 2000, 2008, I believe. But, um, you know, Jesse's health is not as good as it was. So I'm hoping that stepping down, he can just live out his life like he needs to in, in the glory. Yeah. You know, uh, Senator McCain, before he, when he was sick, voted down one of Donald Trump's um, acts against health care law. Well, Jesse Jackson, to me, will be remembered for going down to Brunswick, Georgia, that recent case where the young man was killed and sitting in that courtroom as one of his last great acts with the energy in his body. And, uh, you know, he has some great saying that we don't say anymore. And I think we need to repeat it. Our young folks need to learn it. Right? I am somebody. You remember that with Jim? Marlo? Yes. I am somebody. Yeah. Yes, and I remember and, you. Uh, like to rhyme in his sayings. Oh, yeah. And uh, Jim, you're right. When he was president in 84 and 88, I still remember something he said that stuck with me when he used to say, I was born in the slum, but the slum wasn't born in me. And I, I hope young folks can learn that, that just because you may be born somewhere doesn't mean you have to stay somewhere. It doesn't have to be born in you. So, you know, we're going to continue to give him his flowers while he's living. But the leadership of um, the Rainbow uh, Operation Push is changing this weekend, and Kamala, uh, Kamala Harris will be speaking. Reverend Jesse Jackson, let's give him a clap. Oh, yeah. We have a couple more before we even get to our sports. Uh, Jim, you may not be aware of this, but locally, here in the New York area, New Jersey area, we are all mourning, along with CBS, New York meteorologist Elise Finch died at age 51. Uh, she was such a positive force in the, in the world of meteorology, a weather woman, uh, a married woman. She leaves behind a daughter and a husband and uh, originally born in Mount Vernon, New York, and has her bachelor's and then a master's degree from Syracuse. But she was on the air Friday and and gone over the weekend, they still don't know the cause of death. And uh, just the whole world who knows her in this region, a mourning. She was a proud member of uh, AKAs, but also she was a strong advocate of uh, the Pan-Hellenic Council, which represents all the group of uh, black fraternity and sororities. So I'm gonna let you, Marlo, speak. I know you're both the members of sororities and fraternities, but also, Jim, I'll let you make a comment as well on this very, very dear woman, meteorologist, Elise Finch. Marlo? Yeah, that was definitely a shock, um, <clears throat> you know, when I woke up and turned on the news, because normally I would just get up and kind of listen to the morning news, and because she's usually on there as the weather um, person. And I couldn't understand initially, uh, initially why they were just, you know, why the show was kind of somber, but at the time, um, they had another uh, meteorologist had come on 
So I just really just thought before the news was announced that I thought that maybe she was just out on vacation. And um, as I was um, sitting there listening, um, and then when they like announced the news that she had passed on, I just I just couldn't believe it. It was just, you know, I just felt like she was a part, you know, of family too, which she is uh, mm-hmm. with the Divine Nine. Uh, but it was just such a just a shock. It still is. Um, she was just always upbeat and positive. Um, just you know, played music. You know, as they say during the. Uh, during commercials but you can tell because they would play different r&b music um you know on their way to commercial coming out of commercial Mm -hmm. some of the segments that she did um also as a reporter you can tell now you know now you can understand when they you know go back now and reflect you know on it um she 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 would definitely be missed and she was a heck of a journalist so her family, friends, sorority, um, her, especially her daughter. Her, she always talked about her family, her parents. And, she, and during Black History Month, she definitely represented because she wore her pink and green and her jacket on the air. So mm-hmm. definitely will be missed. Jim, she's also... Um, go ahead, Jim. Okay, she sounds like one of those people that's uh, on air talent that feels like it's a family member because you see them constantly every day and you grow to trust them and you go they're the beloved figures that we have in our news people and yeah. i'm sorry for the loss you know prayers to her family and the new york area that grew to love her yeah she was at the cbs station for the past 17 or 16 years so elise Finch. Rest in peace. All right, one more before we get to our woman of the month. This one is long overdue. In the field of music, Sheila E. has been granted a star on the Walk of Fame. This is long overdue. Uh, She's most famously known for working with Prince uh, the artist in 1970s, but she's um, she's done it all. She's done it all. And uh, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis spoke when she was uh, given a star the other day of just how honored they were to have worked with Sheila E. In my mind, and I've said it a long time ago, at a, pos- at a position, the drummers that were normally dominated by male, she is definitely the best. And I've always said that. I haven't seen anybody better. Dr. Kemp and Jim, we're coming to you. Sheila E. Yeah, the glamorous night. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. I'm just very, very happy. <clears throat> very happy for her. Just, you know, they they definitely couldn't let the Latin flair, uh, you know, pass without giving her a star because she definitely deserved every every point of the star um on the walk of fame and she is she knows she can play those drums and probably can outplay a whole lot of uh drummers <laughs> as well um i just like love listening to her and, and even just see her play you know she has such a flair you know about her um so she definitely deserved um that so i'm glad that they finally gave her one yes and, and last year you know her father is a drummer and he was inducted mm-hmm. into the latin Hall of Fame. 
last year. Jim, let's talk about Shell E. Jim? You know, well-deserved honor. You know, the, the Hollywood Walk of Fame sometimes takes a long time for us. I know, uh, I believe it was Martha Reeves had mm -hmm. to, just got her walk, star on the Walk of Fame. And I think they had to do a GoFundMe to, to raise her portion to get her wow. on the Star Hall of Fame. But Sheila E is well deserved in in a, in a male dominated field with the drummers. She was one of the best, if not the best. Yeah, producer, yeah. writer, everything. She did it all. Yes, Singer. she did. Yes, she did. Of course, and we so, gotta uh, work on getting Atlantic Star on the Walk of Fame. <laughs> you know, I love her. <laughs> right now, Sheila E. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Give her a clap to the kid. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, let's get started with some support. We'd love to go tonight. All right. Our woman of the month, Pearl Moore. We talked about her scoring at Francis Marion College, 4,061 points. And uh, let me just share a few other honors she's had in her time. Uh, in 1978, the inaugural Wade Trophy given annually to the best player in women's college basketball. Uh, she won that. Some of the other winners were Nancy Lieberman, Lynette Woodard, and Cheryl Miller, okay? And um, in 1979, she was named the South Carolina AIAW Player of the Year. She was enshrined in Francis Mary Hall of Fame in 1992, the South Carolina Athletics Hall of Fame in 2002, and of course, the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame in 2011, and then, of course, the Naismith Hall of Fame in 2021, the same year that Detroit Pistons Hall of Famer Ben Wallace went in. So Pearl went in with Ben Wallace. Let me share this with our audience, Jim and Marlo. This past week, I actually called out to her recreation center in Florence, South Carolina. They gave me her number, and I actually had a chance to talk to her live. Now, she, I asked about coming on the show, and she's kind of said she's shy about doing that, so she she did give me some other reference names from the 1976 Olympic team that may come on our show. But I did have the chance to talk to her for about 12 minutes. And she's just a wonderful lady, very humble. She says, then is then, is now and now. I said, well, nobody's broken your record in female sports. And, and, and only two others have scored 4,000 points or three in men's. But uh, she thanks us for invite for the show. And... Uh, I told her I've never hung out with anybody that scored that many points for a minute. So I want to say thank you to Pearl Moore. I had a chance to speak to her. Our Women of the Month. Dr. Kim, I'll let you comment. Pearl Moore. Yeah, Dr. Bird, go ahead. Wow, Dr. Bird, that is awesome. I'm surprised that they even did they just like just hand out her phone number to you? No, what happened? No, no, the athletic director who's over the facilities there, I got in touch with him. I won't call his name. And then I sent them a copy of our show to show them that we were legit. And then okay. I he he called Miss Moore first. And then he got back with me and he said, You have the permission to call her. So I did. And she didn't answer. And then she called me back. And so we had a chance to talk for about 10 minutes and uh, just a lovely lady. And I'll tell you, she um, referred me to uh, Patricia, the last name, 
who's a member of the 1976 women's Olympic team, the first one we ever had. And uh, I'm working on that because they're about to get inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, the first Olympic team. But she did refer me and said uh, when I contacted them to let them know that she was But she doesn't do interviews. But hey, there are more. Jim, what do you think? That is awesome. Wow, that's great. Jim? Oh, I said, wow, that's great. Yeah. I mean, you have uh... – you got your pulse on the your finger on the pulse there. If you get get in touch with Pearl Moore, <laughs> well, a lot of people say that they yeah. they've talked to the Earl the Pearl, but I think I've at least talked to the real Pearl because Earl the Pearl is for that many wisdom sailor's face. So hey, you mm -hmm. know it is what it is. <laughs> Pearl Moore. Okay, now we have other women we want to honor. One more gym before we go to break. And she won an ESPY award for the first time in boxing. Yes, her name is Miss Larissa Shields. And she is an undefeated women's boxer and the first boxer to ever win an ESPY award. I believe she's 28 and 0. And she won that award for Javonta Davis and many more. So, Marlo, what do you think? Clarissa Davis. We go from Pearl Moore to Clarissa Davis. To Clarissa Shields, excuse me, knocking folks out. What do you think? <laughs> don't, don't look, you can't outshoot Miss Pearl Moore, <laughs> and you can't outhit uh, Miss Clarissa Shields. What can I say? That that's that's amazing. That yeah. is definitely amazing. And Jim, I'm glad. Definitely, definitely um, deserving. Yeah. Clarissa is a Michiganian out of Flint, Michigan, which is about 70 miles down the road north on I-75 uh -huh. of Detroit. Uh -oh. She's very, very celebrated in the state of Michigan. Oh. I think she, she was 14 and 0 this year with two knockouts. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, she is on the ride. Yeah. Well, I did see a picture. She was being escorted into the ESPY Awards by Mike Tyson. Now, who was protecting to who? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jim. But hey, hey, Mike Tyson could be 55 years old. I'm still scared of that man. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're really proud of Chris Marissa. We want to keep up with her for accomplishments. And she is the first woman ever to get an SP award. So she's carrying the name of boxing. Marissa Shields, y'all. We get one more in before we go to break, Jim. and uh, and Dr. Kim, and that is this is uh, announced this past weekend at age 38, soccer legend Megan Rapino will be retiring. She is going to play in the FIFA Women's World Cup, which is coming up <clears throat> starting July 20th, just a few days. But this is her last go around. Now, Megan Rapino, uh, let me just give you some stats on her. She began a career in 2006 as Olympic gold medalist. She's won two World Cups. This is the third consecutive World Cup. And uh, she's represented the U.S. internationally 199 times. She's only the 14th player in history who will make 200 appearances for the USA internationally. And let me give you her winning percentage in international competition as a soccer player from the USA team. She's won 86% of her matches for the USA that she's been involved in. 
Megan Rapino is an absolute beast on the soccer field. And this is the last go round. So, hey, we're pulling for Ms. Rapino. We're pulling for US soccer, USA Soccer Women's Team in the FIFA Cup. We want them to get that third consecutive in a row. And uh, Jim, your thoughts, Megan Rapino. Megan Rapino is a, a legend who withstood the test of time. You know, she's been there, I believe. Was she there? No, she wasn't there in 84. I don't want to know. But no. she's been there for a long time, and she's always on top of her game. She will be missed, but the U.S., you know, has, like, Trinity Rodman and some younger players coming on. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they do in the uh, World Cup. Uh-huh. Dr. Kemp, make it repeat off. Yeah, I agree. Um, she is a force to be reckoned with. She would definitely be missed. Um, Jim, no, she wasn't there in 84, Jim, because she was just born in 85. <clears throat> 38 years old to retire. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, not from, you know, not from the game of, of soccer. But um, she definitely set the standard and, you know, helped them get, you know, all of the, the funds and the royalty and the salary that they definitely mm-hmm. deserve. So we're definitely pulling for all of them. I hope they can, you know, win it again this year. It's going to be exciting, exciting games. I can't wait. Yes. Yeah. And Mark Cooper put in the chat, She's very outspoken with social issues, and that's true. And we're going to talk about, we come back from break, uh, some of the things that's about women's pay in soccer. So we're going to take a minute. We're going to come right back. Cliff Burton, friends, you got it, y'all. Welcome back, Dr. Cliff Burton, friends, featuring the absolute very best in all of women's sports and HBCU athletics. Let's stay on the FIFA Cup. Women, get started July 20th, and let's talk money. This year, the total prize money for the women's FIFA Cup is $110 million, up from $30 million prize in 2019. That's a positive. However, when compared to the men, who will be getting, who last year, excuse me, got $440 million as the total prize cup. Now for the winning team, each team, they'll get about $6 million to split among the players. So while the women are being paid more than what they used to do, it still pales in comparison to the men. And they're stating that this Women's World Cup with 32 teams, will become one of the most watched events ever. Dr. Kemp, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm going to definitely be watching. And um, besides that, it's just like, 
uh, not surprised that you know that you know we will we are getting less however it's definitely more than you know what um we were receiving before um you know you said 110 million in comparison to that's for the total total, total. prize money for all the teams um and the total prize money for all the teams for the men last year for their fifa was 440 40 million mm, yeah like i said i'm 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 not surprised but i'm just glad that we are definitely out there or they are definitely out there um you know letting their voices be heard and fighting you know just to just for the equality you know um mm -hmm. as much as they can as much as they'll give them yeah a uh, fifa president gianni infantino says that by 2026 the pay for fifa women and men's tournament will be equal he vows that so we'll have to see jim your comments on it well you know kudos again to women like megan rapino and the u.s mm -hmm. soccer team in soccer and the williams sisters in tennis to try to make the, the uh, prize winning more equitable I know Venus and Serena were able to do some things at Wimbledon to get them to up to Annie there as well. But, you know, it's something that we don't talk about enough. Equal Absolutely. pay for equal work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, steps in the right direction. We have to keep on fighting. We also want to welcome our 27 engaged listeners online. We thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, we're having a great time on this show. Now, <clears throat> WNBA All-Star game. Before we get to the game, let's congratulate NBA legend Dwayne Wade. He is now a part owner of the Chicago Sky, and that's a big step toward endorsement of the WNBA League. They were selling 10% of the team. He's already made his bid. It just has to be approved by the Board of Governors and WNBA, which they think is a, 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 a go. And so, uh, Dr. Kemp, you're from Chicago. He's the son of Chicago. What do you think about Dwayne Wade becoming a part minority owner in the Chicago sky? Yeah. I'm happy. I'm, I'm you know, I'm glad that he is definitely um, <clears throat> going back home and to, you know, be a part of that franchise and, you know, hopefully just, you know, shed some more light and help them to um, increase uh you know uh chicago <laughs> chicagoans going out to see the game well they'll definitely support you know um the teams and especially you know by him being um a son of the city he can definitely uh you know help to increase you know different revenues for the city and the team so I i'm i'm looking for him to do a lot of good things you know to help bring in um and to highlight the wnba the chicago sky who also won a championship um, with um, Candace Parker <laughs> <laughs> years ago? Jim, and of course, Jim, Jim. <laughs> had, had to plug that. That's all. Yeah. Now, Jim, your thoughts? He owns a portion of the Utah Jazz, doesn't he? Now that I don't know. That I, don't know. I believe he he did by a small portion. I, you know. I don't think the WNBA and NBA have any rules against, you know, cross-owning. But, you know, Dwayne Wade is a uh, son of Chicago and believes in Chicago. So, I, you know, I'm glad that he's putting money into uh, 10% stock into uh, the Chicago sky. I wish more NBA players would do that. 
And I think it'll start. Yeah. So that they could have the uh, the uh, non-commercial flights, the chartered flights, and things Absolutely. like that that they richly deserve. Absolutely. Because you know, you, all right, you, you know, you get right on direction. a regular flight. Oh, I'm sorry. I, no, you go ahead. You know, these women, the women that play in the WNBA, you've got you know, like some tall women. They can't sit just anywhere. So I think you know a <laughs> chartered true. flight is a must. That's true. That's true. Brittany Griner can't sit on you know first seat in the, in the plane. Not at all. Not at all. Dwayne Wade, we'll keep watching. We'll keep watching. We'll keep watching. All right. Now one more before we go to the WNBA game. We've been highlighting all summer powerful women in sports and business. And tonight we just want to mention a few more. Cynthia Marshall. She's a 61-year-old, and she's the CEO of the Dallas Mavericks. She likes to call her Scent, herself Scent. In February 2018, Ms. Marshall became the first colored female CEO, CEO in the history of the National Basketball Association. Furthermore, in the late 1970s, she was the first African-American cheerleader at the University of California, Berkeley, where she was studying. So that's one of them, Ms. Cynthia Marshall. Let me give you another one. We all know her, Jeannie Buss. She's the controlling owner and president of the Los Angeles Lakers of the National Basketball Association. Her father, of course, Dr. Jerry Buss, who's a real estate investor who later owned the Lakers, and he developed that franchise into everybody knows him as Showtime in the sports business. Jeannie Buss, when she was 19 years old, started in the family business as a general manager of the Los Angeles Strings professional tennis team. She later became the owner of the Los Angeles Blades professional roller hockey team. When her father died, his controlling ownership of the Lakers passed to the six children, with each sibling receiving an equal vote. The bus took over as team president in 2020. She became the first female controlling owner to guide her team to adapt to an NBA championship. <coughs> okay. And one more. We all know her. Dawn Staley, the current coach, head coach for the South Carolina Gamecocks, Women's basketball team, the United States national basketball team. Staley was the American Basketball Hall of Fame player. She won three titles at Olympic medals. She was also elected to carry the United States flag at the opening ceremony in the 2004 Summer Olympics. And after winning the gold medal at the 1996 Summer Olympics, she went to play professionally in the American Basketball League and the WNBA. And recently, she received the highest contract for a coach in college basketball. $22 million. So let's give a big hand. I mean, a big old hand for all three of these outstanding women. Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk about the WNBA All-Star Game before we go to commercial and get to the men. A lot to talk about. First of all, Brittany Ground is back. She looked so happy out there this past Saturday evening, and it's so great to see her. Just not too long ago, the whole world was waiting for her to come back. Her name was on the or initials were on the edge of every WNBA court. She's back in the All Star game. But let's talk about who's the greatest three point shooter in the world. Uh oh, Jim, I'll let you go first. The NBA or the WNBA, Jim? <laughs> 
Well, you know, Sabrina, I am that school. Being Uh-oh. from New York, I know you bragging, bragging about that. But, uh, <laughs> she had 37 out of a possible 40 points <clears throat> in a round, which has not been done male or female before. <clears throat> so, you know, Steph Curry and uh, one other person came close, but no one has ever achieved that number. So by sheer numbers, Sabrina Nesco is going to be the uh, best three-point shooter on the planet. Yeah. And at one time, Jim, did she hit 25 out of 27? I Between the rounds? So. Yeah. Dr. Kemp, she can't even wait. We, she's already lighting up. Dr. Kemp, I, you want to come on in? <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> who, uh-huh. who you think will win, she or Steph? You know, Steph her. is challenging her. I put it on Sabrina, and I love Steph Curry, but boy. <laughs> she can shoot. I, I went back and watched that. I didn't get a chance to see the skills uh, uh, portion of the All-Star Weekend. When I went back and I, you know, and I watched it because they kept talking about it, um, I, I mean, she was like in the zone from yeah. the whole time. It was just, it was amazing, amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also a record was set during the game. Uh, Jewel Lloyd, I believe, was the high scorer of the actual All-Star game, scoring 31 points. And that is a record for the WNBA All-Star game. So some records have been set. And last but not least, the viewership is up, was up 16 percent for this event from, um, from last year. Over 850,000 viewers they, they recorded. So, hey, make it good strides. Make it great strides. The WNBA. And the and, and the WNBA is already back at it. And they are uh, back at league play. Let me run it down very quickly, the conferences, before we go to break. In the Eastern Conference, where it's a little more competitive, <laughs> New York Liberty is 14-4. Connecticut Sun, 15-5. The Mystics, 11-8. Atlanta Dream has turned it around this year. They're 11 and 8. Chicago Sky 8 and 12. And Indiana Fever, Aliyah Boston, but they're 5 and 15. The Western Conference, Las Vegas Ace 19 and 2. The next team behind them, the Dallas Wings are 11 and 9. Minnesota Lynx, the Fisa Collier, 9 and 11. The Sparks, 7 and 13. Phoenix Mercury, 4 and 15. And Seattle Storm, 4 and 16. So this league is rounded out. And uh, they're coming down the second half of the season, trying to get ready for the playoffs and take it seriously. And so there we go. We are going to go to a break. Uh, before we do, let me just uh, read this out for you. Pamela Renee, qualifying broker, CEO, 2870 Peachtree Road, Suite 992, Atlanta, Georgia, 30305. That's Pamela at com. 4496442294 she can take care of you for residential commercial land builder developer and investor services that's one of our sponsors miss pamela renee we'll be back in 60 seconds with the men's sports jim's up
Welcome back to another version of Dr. Cliff Burton Friends featuring the absolute very best in all the women's sports and HBCU athletics. By the way, the HBCU students will be returning to campus in about three weeks. Let's get ready for the football games and all that good stuff. And we want to say welcome to Amir, who was also in the studio tonight typing in the chat box. Jim, Ms. Sports. Well, I want to uh, pivot a little bit here because okay. we have an issue in the NFL with Saquon Barkley, Josh mm. Jacobs, and the running backs as a whole. You know, we were talking on the other show today, and they are making a concerted effort to limit the money that running backs get. You look at your New York Giants. Daniel Jones is making $40 million. Josh Waller, the tight end that they just traded for in the offseason, making $17 million. And they are balking at paying Saquon Barkley $12, 13000000 million. He's involved in one-third of the plays on offense. They, even though Daniel Jones is the quarterback, they actually ran the offense through Saquon Barkley. So, you know, Josh Jacobs led the league in Las Vegas in rushing. It would not surprise me if one or both of these guys sit some time out this year to prove a point. Because, Jim, do, do you yes. think do you think maybe the reason why they are trying to limit the, the pay for the running backs? You know, it looks like in the last couple of years, the you know the the emphasis has been more with the quarterbacks and the you know the passing and um, less of the running backs and more on passing you know and um, emphasis with the quarterbacks. You know, do, do you think that could be an issue? What are your thoughts about that? Well, one thing they like to do, Marlo, is to um, use running backs on their first contract, let them get hit, beat up, and then say, "No, nah, you're no good for us anymore. We'll get the next one." Now, let's just look back 20, 25 years ago. What if they'd have said that to Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, yeah, Thurman Thomas? Back then, you know, it, I mean, of course, uh, they didn't have Payton. emphasis on the quarterbacks, and like they do now. Yeah, they were well, taking just as many hits, if not more. Jim, and we, we look at the average. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Mark Cooper was just saying in the chat room, it's a very short lifespan for running backs. What are your thoughts on that? For some. I mean, you know, your great running backs tend to last at least 10, 15 years. Now, we looked at salaries, the average salaries, and the only thing below running back were kickers, long snappers, Hunters and such. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I don't think they're that far down on the totem pole. You know, I know you have to you, you have to save money here or there, but let's face it: is Daniel Jones really four times the player Saquon Barkley is? No, but he's getting paid at that rate. Mm. You know, Tyreek Hill is making thirty million. Well, again, they want to balk at paying him, Saquon and Josh Jacobs, were franchised at 
And even if you remember Le'Veon Bell when he held out, yeah, franchise tag that year was fourteen point nine million for a running back, and I believe that was about six years ago. So the, even the franchise tag has gone way down. That's a decrease of almost a third, from like fifteen million to ten point nine. So yeah, it's, it's concerted effort, and I, I understand that their shelf life might be shorter. But then again, they have a shorter time to make up money. Well, are they well, any Jim, you know, training camps at this time? Training camps start this week. You will not, I don't believe you'll see any of those guys. Now, Tony Pollard was the other one from Dallas. He, you know, he's on his first contract. So he went ahead and signed the $10.9 million uh, contract. But these other two, it would not surprise me if they held out. Now, one holdout that worked, Emmett Smith held out one year. The Cowboys went 0-3. Jerry paid him. They won the Super Bowl. You know, can you, can you see the uh, Giants winning some games if uh, Saquon sits out the first three? No. I think they might be in trouble. Hmm. Okay. So it's, it's, it's worth we'll watching. We'll see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now okay. we had, I saw about the uh, FAMU is not going to the Orange Blossom Festival after this year. Correct. In the, HBCU the, football. Correct. The, the three of us were at Jackson State, Tennessee State game when they played the uh, Southern Heritage Classic. Mm-hmm. Now, Dion said that Jackson State wasn't going to play in it this year. But do you know those teams were only getting $250,000 each? Mm-hmm. And when you look at the money that they have to pay, house house the football players, cheerleaders, and bands, they weren't making too much of a profit. Mm-hmm. And the city of Memphis made over $4 million off of that. The right, promoter that was one made of the reasons why he was why they why he was pulling Jackson State out from playing. That was like that was the big reason why they were doing that. And let's call these games what they are, they're money games. Yep. And you know, there were some Mac Division Two teams that were getting a million dollars to go play in money games while, you know, the HBCUs are only getting about a fourth or a third of that, which is not right. You know, I think you, when uh, T- TSU and um, Sammy played down when the 100 black men sponsored it, I think they had a bigger payout then than the TSU did now playing the Southern Heritage. I'm sorry, Cliff. Yeah. I, I also wonder, why don't our, t- excuse me, our teams just go back to playing home and home and build bigger stadiums? Now, I don't know how big, uh, let's take Jackson State, Tennessee State, Tennessee State's expanded their stadium. I don't know how many it holds, but I know Jackson State has a very large stadium. Uh, they must hold, what, 40 down there in their stadium, 40 to 45? Probably more than that. So if you keep the money at home, what you're paying out in rental, let's say to Memphis, you, you keep the money at home and, 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 and build a bigger stadium for yourself over time to pay off. Um, of course, you still have to raise the ticket prices anyway because it's – some costs, but you control your. I, I, I don't know why we don't do that at HBCUs. Yeah, 
in football. Now, we know what TSU does. TSU will play all the, the most of their games in the in the whole stadium on campus. But homecoming mm-hmm. and their classic games, they go to the Coliseum, where yeah. they can, like you said, have more attendance and things like that. But I mean, we've got. I think as a people, we've got to get together. Yep. And if we're gonna have these classics, we got to pull more money. I mean, if the city of Memphis would have back, let's say something radical, like a million dollars, yeah, split it equally, five hundred thousand dollars each, because you know the people from Jackson and Nashville and all around for that area come to that game. That game sold more, you know. Sells yeah. more tickets than the University of Memphis does all year in that same stadium. Yeah. So they've got to find a way. We've got to find a way to monetize it for the school. Exactly, yeah. and not for whoever the sponsors are that lives in Memphis mm-hmm. are actually mm-hmm. making a profit from that from that weekend. Well, you see, fam, you what they're doing? They're keeping the games at home. They're not playing in that classic Orange yeah. Blossom, but the. Uh, Athletic director, I think her name was Sykes. We talked about last week. She's moving the games back to campus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they you know the other thing and- about that game, Tallahassee is about eight hours away from Miami. Hmm. So that's a long travel for the for the team and the band to yeah. get down there. For that classic, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Jim, what else is going on in uh, – I know it's football about to start going up in the air. How are the teams looking in the rankings as far as Division Two or Division One? Uh, how do they look as far as some of the uh, some of the rankings? Do you ha- do you have that there at all? Uh, well, the rankings in Division One for HBCU. Yeah. You know, I, and I know you touched on it. Tuskegee is hiring a new coach. Yeah. Let me let me say what we have and you just tell me, let's comment on it. Jackson State is ranked number one, even 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 with Dion gone. Number two is Fam U, who could have been number one last year. And Jim, I want you to expand on what happened there. Because they started out 0-2, but they were better than that. And then of course you have um North Carolina Central, who actually beat Jackson State uh last year. And then number four is North Carolina A&T, and uh, they are official members of the CAA conference now. Five Southern, six Alabama State, seven Alcorn State, eight Grambling State, nine Prairie View, and ten Howard. That is the preseason predicted order of finish. Okay, so tell me what you think about that ranking for Division One. Okay, well let's start what out with that top three that you mentioned: Jackson State, Florida A&M, State. and Central Three. Lost a lot of players to graduation and to Colorado, but I'm looking at they're still they're going to sign a three or four star quarterback out of Texas. Mm-hmm. The recruiting is still going strong. Mm-hmm. Now you remember Jackson State? We talked about that. One of the reasons Dion got out of his contract is because they say the stadium was sold out, but they would report it at like being two thirds full. Mm. So that he didn't get that bonus. Wow. But, you know, Jackson State still is going to be the class. You know, we'll see how the new coach does. It's going to be class elite. 
FAMU, as you said, had an issue where the play where they didn't have enough people in financial aid to process <laughs> a lot of the stuff. So their players, including their All American, had to sit out the first two games. One of them was against North Carolina, and they still did fairly well. They lost a close one to North Carolina. Yeah. Who was uh, very close to being in the finals for the ACC. And uh, they only, I think they only lost to, uh, those are the only two games they lost. Mm-hmm. They did well. And the third team was North Carolina Central. Actually beat, like you said, Jackson State in the Heritage Bowl. Now, Dion had announced his uh, desire to leave. But still, they, you know, North Carolina said take nothing away from them. Yeah. They played their hearts out and won that game. And yep. A&T is going to be, like I said, they're full-fledged members in the Colonial Athletic Conference. But they're still at HBCU school, so they're going to be ranked. And they traditionally always had a good football program and was one of the reasons they wanted to leave the MEAC to play better competition. You know, last year they did okay, but I think this year they're primed and ready to do well. All right. Jim, a quick one. Division two. I'm just going to give the top five this week. Preseason rankings. They have better dick from the SIAC. They were 10 and 0 last year. They're ranked number one in the country. Now, here are some schools we didn't cover as much last year. HBCUs that are not in one of our five HBCU conferences. Delta State, HBCUs on the Gulf Coast, 8-1 and one last year, but they are ranked number two in the country, okay? West Florida, Gulf Coast Conference, 7-1. and one. They're ranked number three in the country. These are all HBCUs, okay? So we have to keep the big picture in mind. And then I'll give you just two more. We know about them. Virginia Union from the CIAA, and the 8-1, yeah. they have a great running back from last year. And uh, they're ranked number four in the country. And then number five, Wingate. They're from the SAC. These are our HBCUs that are not in one of our five HBCU conferences, but these are the top-ranking HBCUs in the country. So we're familiar with Union, and we're familiar with, of course, uh, Benedict. But uh, Coach Coach Chenis Berry at Benedict, what do you think, Jim? about the top two or three. Now, these are new names, some of them. Well, I, West Florida is, you know, the four HBCUs in Florida are going to be Bethune-Cookman, FAMU, Edward Waters, and Florida Memorial. West Florida is a PWI. Is it? They got to rank this up. They printed them as a, Mm -hmm. okay, we'll correct that. All right. And I want to say Delta State, home of Lucia Harris. In Mississippi, yeah. I believe they're a PWI as well. Didn't they use? They weren't ever uh, HBCU. Mm-mm. They have this but, ranked in the top HBCU, but we'll go over that know, next week. But you know, the the uh, Division Two HBCUs, as we found in baseball, are very competitive and do very well. And you know, you've got Virginia Union in there. And, oh yeah, you know they're. These schools are going. They're going to bring it every. You know, you can't just take. You can't just take your foot off the gas because you think they're Division Two 
and not as good as Division One. And I know Allen College, which one we haven't talked about, is building a football stadium. And I heard from my, my friend that a classroom <coughs> is trying to get a football team. There's a middle, there's a high school to close. They're trying to buy that land, get a football field, and build a football team. So, you know, you're going to see a lot of movement in HBCUs and football, especially after I the uh, Supreme Court decision, I think, will right. cause more students to come to uh, HBCUs. All right, we're gonna take a commercial break, one minute music break, and then we're gonna come right back. Everybody, we're gonna to get to listing our top 10 female athletes of all time. Last week we did male, tonight we're gonna to do the females. And you can type yours in the chat. Come back, about 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Also, I say welcome to Benita Hayes. Thank you for joining us on the show tonight. And uh, before we get to the top 10 females of all time, the list them. Jim, give us a little update on the NBA's key free agency signings, if there aren't any, or the wrap up on the NBA G League. And then we'll go to the top 10 ranked females. Jim? Well, in the summer league, you had Cleveland finished up 6 0 by defeating Houston in the title game last night by 90, 99 to 78. And Cleveland had a player, Imani Bates, which if you remember back a couple of years ago as a sophomore, he was the number one player in the nation on Sports Illustrated. His career took a crazy turn when his father decided to put him in Bates Academy and let him tour around the country playing basketball, and then they reclassified. But he is looking every bit of that player he used to be after underwhelming in Memphis and uh, Eastern Michigan. You know, but if you looked at the summer league, there are a lot of exciting players coming to the NBA. Chet Holmgren mm -hmm. didn't play last year. Uh, hmm. Victor Wimbiama yeah. had a so-so first game, but came on in the second game. You know, Brand, uh, Brandon Miller from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, Antioch. Amen and Asura Thompson, the brother, Scoot Henderson. There's, you know, th there are a lot of great young players coming in the league. And I think it's going to be an exciting time. And it would not surprise me if one of these young teams gets off to a good start and ends up in the final four of that uh, NBA Cup. Okay. Now, free agents, you know, we still, it's not been really a lot of movement because it's not like it used to be. Players are being traded, signing the max and then being traded. You still have Damian Lillard and uh, James Harden out there to be traded for. So stay mm -hmm. tuned on what happens there. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Here we go. <clears throat> Our listing from Creedon. They rank the top 10 female athletes of all time. And so uh, we're going to have to speed it up here. But uh, type yours in the chat. We'll go. Who's number one? Dr. Kemp? Just give me somebody. Jim, give me somebody. Serena. Number one. Serena. All right. Williams. Jim, what do you have? I'm going to say Babe Diedrichson Sarius. Close. Uh, and everybody else can type this in the chat. You're right, Marlo. They rank Serena Williams as number number one. All righty. We know what she's done. Number two. Yeah. This was interesting. We may not get this. Marlo. Um, number two. Jackie Joyner. Huh? Jackie Joyner Kirsten. No. I'm, I'm going to give you this one because it's tough, and then we'll move to number three because of time. Lindsey Vaughn. She was an Alpine skier, and she represented the United oh, States yeah. of America at three Olympic Games, 2002, 2006, and 2010. And she managed to win two Olympic medals, okay? The most decorated ski racer. Number three, That's a Dr. Kemp. high for her. Yeah, this was tough, too, but I remember her. Dr. Kemp? Number three, um, I'm going to go with uh, Flo Jo. Okay, Jim. Uh, you took it right off the top of my tongue, but I will <laughs> take argument. I'll go with Cheryl Miller. Nope. All right. Now this one, no, hold on. They 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 use them all time. They went back a little bit. And they might be mm. right on this one. Mia Ham. Yes, I remember her. She oh, is yeah. a soccer player, and she was mm -hmm. responsible for putting Women's football on the map in America in the 90s. She led the U.S. team to its historic 1999 Women's World Cup and was named the Women's FIFA World Player of the Year. This is when they weren't even getting paid at all. Yeah. And uh, she was inducted into National Soccer Hall of Fame. And if anybody would look her up, uh, she belongs here. Trust me. Yes, Number four, Dr. Kemp, give me a name. Um, hmm. Which which sports is? It? Give me a hint. Give us a hint. Number four. No, no, no. Come on. Number four. <laughs> Venus Williams. Jim. I'm gonna say Billie Jean King. You got it, Jim. And they talked about Billie Jean King. Her career was 1959 mm. to 1983. Billie Jean won 39 Grand Slam titles, and she was the number one. Uh, ranked female tennis player in the world during that time for a long duration during the uh, 70s, okay? And All right. beat Bobby Where Riggs. Yep, number five. Dr. Kemp? And everybody else can type it in the chat. Dr. Kemp? I'm thinking um, number five. Hmm. Jim? I'm going to say Jackie Joyner Percy and uh, kudos to uh, Mark Cooper on guessing Billie Jean King as well. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. Lisa Leslie, six feet five inches ah. tall. Dominant force to be reckoned with in the WNBA, three-time MVP, and she led us to four Olympic gold medals, 96, 2001, 2004, and 2008. All righty, so let's move on. Who do we have next? 
Who on number six now? Who's on number six? Jim, you might get this one. Most people don't know this woman. Jim? Should I go back to Babe DJ Zaharias? She uh, was the only lady. She was pro in um, tennis and golf, I believe. Yeah. Dr. Kemp, who do you have? I have no, no clue. I don't even have anybody, Dr. Kemp. Jim's right. Babe Dietrichson Zaharias. Okay? Everybody look her up. If not next month, the following month, she is going to be our woman of the month. Look her up. Jim's absolutely right. She dominated several sports. Phenomenal. Let's move on to the next one. You may not get this one. <laughs> Dr. Kemp, give us a guess. Um, Cheryl Miller. Jim? Mojo. No. You're not, nobody's going to get this one. I wouldn't get this oh. one if I were looking at it. Mithali Raj. You got to look her up. M-I-T-H-A-L-I. And then R-A-J. Ace female cricket player. <laughs> Recognized okay. in the world of sports yeah, internationally. Right. We would have gotten yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have given us a sport. We weren't going to get that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> of all time. All right. I'll give you a sport. You want to go? Gymnastics. Dr. Kemp, go first. Gymnastics. Nadia Comaneci. You got one. Dr. Kemp, ding, ding, ding. The legendary Romanian athlete is named that needs no introduction. I believe she scored all those perfect tens in the Olympics. She was the first one. This year. First one, though. Right. And she was named at that time the athlete of the century. Okay. All right, Jim, we're going to get Dr. Kemp. She's going to get this one right, too. Uh, what do they call this sport? Mixed martial arts. She's an actress oh, now. Darn. Athlete. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she's an actress. She retired and became an actress. I'm trying to remember her name. A high income earner. We talked about her on our show a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mixed martial arts. Ronda Rousey. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. She's, right. she's, she's an actress now. Yeah. Okay. Mark Cooper had some of who he had, and it's not a bad list. Wilma Rudolph, Serena, Cheryl Swoops, Flojo, any of the Jamaican sprinters. We'll take that, Mark. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Serena, Manita, yes. Yes, Serena Williams. She's worked three spots. Mark Cooper, Billie Jean King. Mark also said Martina Navratilova. Oh, Benita's right. Simone Biles. We didn't name her. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. And Benita remembers Nadia. Mark, I saw it on a different list, not this list. Danica. Danica Patrick, the Patrick. driver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, race car driver. And Benita had Danica on there, too. All right, Danica Patrick. All right. So we came close. Now, one more thing before we go about the Jamaican sprinters. We didn't bring this up during the show. Next month is the International World Championship Track and Field. Last week, Shikari Richardson won the USA Track and Field Championships, while Sharika Jackson won the Jamaican Championships. But they had a small meet this past weekend, head-to-head, -head, and Shikari Richardson took her. Look it up. She beat her by a few... Hundreds of a second. So, hey, the showdown's coming next month in Budapest, the World Championship Track and Field. 
I think this is Shikari's year. She's on the way back. So let's, uh, you know, Shikari Richardson. All right, Dr. Kemp, we'll give you the last word like we do on every show. Anything you want to talk about? Zion Williamson, talk about that one. <laughs> no, I, I have I have one that we didn't touch on. Uh, what about uh, Steph Curry with the hole in one? He good at three points. Now oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. And he also won the tournament that time, too. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, the American Accenture Classic. Yeah. And he's a big, big supporter of uh, Howard University's Howard. golf team. Yeah. So kudos to Steph. Absolutely. Two weeks, y'all. Two weeks or three weeks. August 14th. We are beginning our season again our hbcu season the kids are back on campus we'll start getting commissioners on and other people from our hbcu campuses and we are just delighted we have the gulf coast athletic conference commissioner the dynamic dr kiki baker barnes and she will be on our show as a guest uh, she's doing tremendous things in building that conference building that conference uh oakwood universities in the conference fisk universities in the conference dillard universities in the conference Southern University of New Orleans is in the conference. Rust College is in the conference. Uh, who else? Talent? Mm-hmm. No, no. Where's Todd Wiley. Day? Wiley. Wiley's College. in the conference. And where's Todd Day? Coach. Uh, Philander Smith, isn't he? Philander Smith is in the, con- in the conference. And then in men's basketball, the team that went to the Elite Eight last year in NIA took a loop. So we're going to have the dynamic. Dr. Kiki Baker-Barnes, one of the most influential women in sports, period. And she's a trailblazer herself. And uh, again, more, our parent company, Mark Jones, dropped the mic Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m., 9, 10 a.m. Jim, give us some more of those stations where it can be found. Be found on uh, Secret Station 910 Facebook Live. Keeper Station 910 website, uh, the uh, app, not the app, yeah, Apple and uh, the other type Spotify? of phone. No, not Spotify, yeah. the other type of phone, Android. Android, okay. And you can find it on those sites. You can find it on Apple, Chromecast, Roku, those other platforms. All right, so Tune in Mark Jones. Okay, Mark Jones, drop the mic. That's Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. And then on Wednesday evening from 9 to 11 on the same station, you have Mark Jones and Friends. You have Mark, Jim, Reggie, Jack, Carl, Luther. I stopped by now and then. Who did I leave out, Jim? Derek. Derek. All right. Luther actually is a guest. All righty. We will see everybody back. Thank you for joining. And I want to tell you this. We're hitting a milestone this week. We started our show in November 27th, and the goal was to get to 500 downloads of our show. So keep spreading the word, because right now we're at 580, and that was to get to 500 downloads by December. So we're well ahead of pace. So we thank you. Keep spreading the word. We'll see everybody back in about 168 hours from now. Thank you so much. All right, good job. Good job. All righty.